He lived at a little distance from his body, regarding his own acts with doubtful side glances. James Joyce. Or this, we are healed of suffering only by experiencing it to the full. Marcel Proust. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Healing Your Own Pain. Today's podcast is called The Only Way to Healing. My name's Greg. I'm an expert-level MFR therapist and owner of Glen Ellen Myofascial Release, an in-person and online treatment center for pain relief, injury rehabilitation, and physical and emotional healing. For most of us, the healthiest time of our lives was from infancy into toddlerhood. If we bonded with a parent and felt cared for, life was an endless wonder. Every day was a new discovery of what this amazing body could do. Our every new discovery was praised and encouraged. Learning to stand, to walk, and talk were all celebrated. When we got hurt, we were held, touched, comforted, and the pain went away. Life in the body was good. We were discovering ever more things we could do, and learning was fun. And then a day came when that all seemed to change. I fell over the handlebars on my bike, or I broke an arm from a fall. My hand got burned on a stovetop, or I was in a serious car accident, or even worse, I was verbally or physically or even sexually abused by an older kid or an adult. And then the fun stopped. Living in a body had its risks. I could really get messed up. I've heard dozens of personal tragedies like these from clients, friends, men and women I've known in various circles describe how they learned to dissociate when something harmful was happening to them, meaning that's when we learned an important survival strategy, to literally project ourselves out of our bodies so as not to register the full brunt of what was happening to us. We let our mind take our energetic body somewhere else or sometime else until it was over. And there's nothing wrong with that strategy. It saves many thousands of kids who have nowhere else or no one else to turn to. And there are few children who make it to adulthood without the use of this tool for emotional, physical, or psychic wounding. The downside, I think, is its own effectiveness. At first, it doesn't seem to cost anything. I can use this at any time, in any situation, and I don't need anyone's permission, and no one needs to know I'm doing it. It only becomes a problem when it becomes a lifelong strategy, whenever pain or even the fear of it happens, to the point that we don't know that we're actually living our lives, as Joyce says, very near, but outside the body itself. And there definitely is a cost to this way of living. By the time I see most clients, it feels like two people are walking in the door, a body and its companion. Today, living outside the body is an uncontested, unquestioned, normal mode of living the world over. The advent of so-called smart devices keeps us plugged in and distracted 24-7. 
In a recent University of Virginia study, student volunteers were asked to sit alone without a phone or device in a silent room for just 15 minutes. The only alternative to the silence was to press a button that would administer a painful electric shock. Surprisingly, a full 67% of men and 25% of women chose to shock themselves rather than sit alone with themselves. In the matrix choices, this is definitely the blue pill therapy. Distract me so I don't have to see, face, or feel the reality of what's inside my body. So what's wrong with this scenario? Well, the obvious question is, why would two-thirds of all men voluntarily choose electrocution over sitting alone in silence? They might not consciously know why, but their body sure do. And as we now know, the body keeps the score of everything that's happened to us, even if we don't actively remember these events. And most of us would rather not find out. This method seems to work for a while, maybe a long while, until it doesn't. Whenever we experience a physical or emotional trauma, it gets recorded in the body as tissue or cellular memory. In the natural world, animals instinctively know to run, shake, sweat, or howl the traumatic energy out of their bodies. But in humans, our civilizing evolution has long had us abandon these animal ways, and that has come with a cost. Whenever a life-threatening or perceived life-threatening event seems imminent, our adrenal gland secretes the stress hormones cortisone and epinephrine, our body's five-alarm alert system. Our major muscles tighten in preparation for fight or flight. But if we do neither of these, the third, often unconscious alternative takes over. We freeze. And the freeze response is not just a metaphor. That event is now being stored in the body, layered over by fascial tissue, and we're carried around with us from now on. The physical manifestation of freezing is an instant layering of fascia just like scabbing or scar tissue on the skin, only this happens below the skin in the place where the energy is trapped. On the treatment table, I see it commonly in the psoas region of the gut or abdomen, around the left side of the chest, protecting the heart area, and very commonly in the shoulders, upper back, neck, or jaw region, all traditional areas of emotional suppression that show up as pain, painful, hard, and sometimes bone-like fascial restrictions. So clients come to me for their back or shoulder pain because they just want it to go away. We all do. I did when I first came for treatment. But all true healing requires us to feel it first in order to heal it. Anything else is just short-term symptom relief. And I usually see clients after their pain meds or physical therapy, their massage, chiropractic, or acupuncture have not provided the lasting relief they were hoping for. And to me, that's a good thing. It usually means they're ready to do whatever it takes. 
even if it means sitting in that empty room, if that's what it takes. And that cost can be more than a tight neck or sore back. It can show up as migraines, depression, PTSD, and worse. In some rare clients, the fascial layering is so severe, no nutrients or blood flow can reach the area, leaving it vulnerable to malignancies. But in the end, the price of freedom is what we always knew it was to finally feel the thing that scared us in the first place so long ago. And it doesn't matter if you remember it. It's not talk therapy. It's feeling therapy. I act as a guide by asking each person if they're ready to take the short road back to the body that they've been hanging around but not in, and that I will be with them through it. I literally hold them in place and ask them to feel what wants to be felt now. That's all the pain was always and is always asking. Will you stay with me this time? And when we do, it's almost never what we thought it was or feared it was. And no matter what I do, the body will allow only what we are ready to feel. And then we know that feeling truly is the only way to healing. And the best response I get is to see the aliveness back in my clients' faces. It's like they've finally landed after a long trip away. And where two people walked in my door, one person is now leaving. If this message resonates with you and you'd like to work with me or simply want to know more, I can be reached at glennellenmfr.com. And as always, my friends, I wish you well on your healing journey.